another week or should I say another month we've been uh, we've been on our winter hiatus (laughs) a winter break um, well, well win- yeah, winter might have broke us. Yes, and there have been some breakages. It went both. There was a bit of back and forth. Some personnel breakages and uh, things like that. But we're back, uh, refreshed, ready to go. We all spent time in a Turkish prison. <laughs> <laughs> a big show for you now. Yes, yes. Some of us behind the bars, others moonlighting as prison guards <laughs> and torturers. Um, tonight we're having a look at an 80s uh, classic Um not sure where it fits into the genre field. Would we would we call it sci-fi? I put it under the character the classification mm. sci-fi. Well, we don't know whether, it whether it didn't really exist behind the Iron Curtain at the mm. time. Oh, we should discuss that. It could be sci-fact. Uh, we're we're having a look at the Clint Eastwood classic 1982 uh, Firefox, and uh, I have fond memories of this uh, particular movie growing up. Uh, for two reasons. One, it was uh, one of my early um, uh, sort of solo outings with the mates to the cinema. It was, around, it was around that time. Uh, but also, it was a computer game. Mm. Uh, it was Ooh. a Laserdisc computer game, similar oh, wow. to Dragon's Lair mm. and the, and any of the other failed laser game, <laughs> Laserdisc <laughs> games, where the technology was great in theory, but unfortunately the uh, uh, the circuitry couldn't keep up. And for, it showed, showed cutscenes from the movie, didn't it? It did, as, as the background. Yeah. So there was a game sort of layered on top of shots from the film in the yeah. background, so clouds and, and uh, chasms and things like that moving around, um, but on top of that was CG um, or computer real-time Sort of game content, um, but it was it was a terrible game. But it yeah. was an experience to sit yeah, in. It, it was basically just quick time events, what we would now call. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were launched um, if you if a plane came in front of you or a missile and you hit the plane, it would tell the laser disc to jump to a certain time yeah. on the laser disc, which would show an explosion for that plane. If you missed it, it would jump to another part in the laser disc. Now, obviously, if you can imagine early primitive laser technology jumping around this disc, um, I remember that I went, I played this thing for the first time, loved it, went back two weeks later and it was broken. The laser disc was broken. Yeah. Went back two weeks later and it was gone. <laughs> it was no longer in the arcade. Uh, and I think that story is common throughout the whole planet. Uh, so it was an arcade laser disc? Yeah, it was uh, a stand. It came, apparently they made um, 5,000 units and um, half of them were stand up mm-hmm. um, and the other half were cockpit sit down ones. And, yeah. and it had a weird 
um, similar to the early Star Wars um, arcade games yeah. where mm-hmm. you had two handles and you could roll the handles backwards and forwards or steer left and right, and that gave you your yeah. uh, your axes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was a terrible game. When you look back at it now, um, but definitely jump onto YouTube and have a look at some uh, – there are some videos available to see the gameplay. Did that come out pretty much with a movie? Uh, yeah, not long after. <coughs> yeah. would have only been um, – would have been within a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. even a couple of months. So, gentlemen, uh, as usual, uh, let's talk about how you found this game. You start off with you, Rick. You mentioned that it was um, similar to myself. You you sort of had an outing in your younger years. Yeah, it, it hit the uh, nerd button. Uh, we want to see this cool plane. Uh, I think about four of us went to the Katoomba um, neighbourhood town hall thing where they used to show movies because that was the closest – we had mm-hmm. in the sticks to a cinema. Blue Mountains Katoomba, yeah. yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we all saw Firefox and we were um, amazed and woo and, <laughs> yeah. you know, as 12, 13-year-old boys are. Yep. We were pretty impressed. So you liked the film back then? Yes. And and you've obviously seen it recently? Yep. Is it much different? Yes. Okay. <laughs> did, did, do you have exterior influences in, in that opinion? Were, were you... Were you fending off uh, anyone anyone else's no, uh, uh, opinions? As as per usual, um, Beck watched it as well. The, the silent fifth member of the panel yep. on, on any given um, <laughs> review. She couldn't believe how boring it was. Uh-huh. And she thought it was a travesty that we even suggested it was science fiction. And um, based on probably the last couple of films she's watched, she made me um, create a new list of Films to suggest we watch because she's <laughs> that didn't her exact suck. her exact quote was, um, you, uh, which, which she said, "Tell Dave I'm sick of seeing boring crap." <laughs> yeah, like I picked it. Dan, who picked this movie? Dan picked this movie. Thank you very much. So. But I was in agreement. I, I I thought it was a pretty good film. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see her. Well, she's right about the boring part. Um, realistically, there's only. Uh, 15 minutes of excitement. That's what I was surprised about. In my mind, half the film was, you know, being in the plane, the plane doing all this yeah, nah, stuff. Nah. And I'm watching You were a different film. person back then. <laughs> yeah, and I'm watching it going... Um, the 80s were a different time yep. for movies. Yep. movies how did 11-year-old Rick actually watch that movie then, <laughs> considering well, that there is two acts worth of talking? That's exactly what Beck asked. Yeah. How did you, yeah. as, a, as a 12-year-old geek, mm. sit through that political thriller... Yeah. To get to your little nerdy bit at the end, yeah, <laughs> was her exact word. Although I did yeah. watch I watch did, that I movie with my thirteen year old son, and I I was amazed and respect him for sitting through it. He yeah. he he likes films about airplanes, so yeah. he was keen to see it. And you know, twenty minutes into the movie, I would have not been surprised if he had just gotten off the yep. sofa and said, "Dad, call me when something happens." <laughs> I have a theory. I have and a theory about it. it. The, the, I think they set it up. We're going to talk about this in more detail, but I think they set it up really well early on with the uh, crazy pommy guy that we saw yeah. recently in Krull. Ufur Tavat. He was the old boy in Krull. No, the yeah. English guy. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, Freddie yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Jones. He sets it up really well. Mm, and mm. and uh, by, by the way he lays out the technology and mm. says that this thing 
can travel eight times or six times the speed of sound. It has a um, it's completely invisible. It um, to radar and all this sort of stuff. It can deliver nuclear weapons into the heart of democracy, and um, and its weapon system is completely controlled by your thought patterns. Mm. And they set that up in the first ten minutes of the film, and so ne- then you're hanging around. You're invested. I got to see this shit. I got to see mm-hmm. what this thing is. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I can put it down to, mm. because you're right. It, it is really just <clears throat> Cold War espionage shit going on for eighty percent of the film, which so, I kind of enjoyed. To be yeah, honest, I didn't mind it. Yeah, um, um, but it, uh, when I realised that you know I was going to have to wait, I thought, well, I'll just forget about the whole science fiction and I'll just enjoy it as a yeah. It's not really science fiction, or at least the last act, I suppose, could be science fiction. Maybe perhaps, but yeah. it might it might be better as a thriller. I call it a thriller. Yeah, yeah, a dramatic thriller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dan, what about you? Um, look again, I've, as I've said before, I don't think I saw it in the um, in the theater. I might have watched it on VHS later, some weekend with my mates. Uh, I don't have a strong memory of the actual watching of it, but it stuck in my memory. That's why I suggested mm. it later on. It was yeah. like Firefox. That was yeah. a thing. We all, yeah. And I had a positive experience, positive memories of it, mm. and remembered it as a cool movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, um, Clint Eastwood directed, <clears throat> yeah, acted, and I think produced mm-hmm. as well. Um, and wasn't his first outing as a director, but it was soon after his it was first one of his, outing. I think it's third or fourth film. Yeah, that he yeah, did. and. He had the the incredible fortune of actually being um, involved on films with incredibly good a- a directors. You know, he cut his teeth early on with Sergio Leone and mm-hmm. and learnt great cinematography and <clears throat> and things to look for in lighting and and mm. pacing and those sorts of things. Um, and he'd had an incredible experience. I think he'd done before he directed his first film. He'd done like eighty films. A lot of them were straight to mm. you know matinee yeah. type. Things. If you look up images of him, you've seen him in films it's when he must crazy. have been nineteen. It's crazy. His, his history is twenty in, and something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly, some of his signature as a filmmaker is in mm. this film. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Tom? You mentioned you watched it with one of your uh, yeah just, youngins. I watched it with uh, with Daniel. Mm. Um, had, had you seen, seen it before it? No, no, I was, I, I, I heard f- that we were going to do the show. I think I got a Skype from you saying we'd, next show is on Firefox. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, <laughs> let's check out what that is. <laughs> yep. Let's see this. Clint it was Eastwood sounds good because he usually does good films. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, keen to see it. And this, this is a Russian American film that didn't involve Germany, East and West. Oh, lots of German actors. Well, yes, there were. Yes, yes there? they filmed it in Austria and they've got lots of German actors <clears throat> in in this movie, playing the evil Russians, of course. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, there's some incredible accents in this film. <laughs> there's a diversity <coughs> of accents. Uh, one can only imagine that Russia has lots of different dialects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't speak Russian, but I could tell when somebody was speaking yeah. Russian with yeah. a German accent. Yes. Well, this is a, let's look that up. Yep, yep, German accent. German <laughs> actor, you can tell. Some of them were really bad. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so we're going to have a look at the narrative for the film, and this is actually quite a narrative-driven <coughs> film. Mm. Um, and as always, we sort of use the narrative to guide us through the, the talking points of the film. We're going to try to introduce to the show, Dan and I have discussed it, we're going to try to introduce to the show probably a little bit more formally in, in, the, next, in the coming shows, more of a time-ticking clock for us to work our way through the acts because some of these films... 
we've been here for two hours <laughs> talking about, and we've seemed to find the pat. What's what's the pattern, Rick? Uh, the worst the show. The, the worst longer, the movie, the yeah, longer yeah, the yeah. the worst the movie, the longer the show. More to talk about. <laughs> but also the better the show, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, so we need to try to find some happy medium there and bring the show back to something that's a little Reasonable. bit more digestible. Um, so, yes, we'll have a look at the uh, narrative and, and Dan likes to guide us through the story beats of the film. So take it away, Dan. Where do we start with this one? Well, we might just back up quickly and just do the tagline. Oh, yes, yes. Um, have you got a tagline? I found I can, a tagline. I can certainly have a quick look. Um, see if you can find a different one than what I've got. So I'll read out the one that I've got. What have you got? Okay, here it is. The most devastating killing machine ever built. Dot, dot, dot. His job, steal it. That's all I've got as well. <laughs> yep. That's the German one as well. I just read the German post and that's exactly the translation of what you just said. Is that. it? Yep. Um, so that's the only one available on IMDb too. So... Uh, and it's, yeah, it's tight. It's it to the point. sums it up. Look, the poster has a black plane with this guy in the foreground with a, in a black suit with, the, fireballs with, or something with, with a black helmet underneath. It's a high-tech mm. plane. Mm. And this is the same time that Knight Rider was really get, becoming really big. Mm. The first mm. season of Knight Rider in 1982. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder how much they played off the success of the TV show saying, oh, kids these days, do they love this high-tech black Dangerous stuff. Maybe that's, that's an airplane. Well, movie. it was. It that's was, what eleven old year old Rick was. It was rife. getting into. It yeah. was rife. We had a movie called mm. Blue Thunder. Yeah, which yeah. was a helicopter yeah. version of, yeah. of this. Yeah. Film. yeah, and then we had a spin-off of Blue Thunder in the TV world called yeah. Airwolf. That's right. Yes, and they even used that was afterwards. Though. I think they used some later. Airwolf tech in this film. They used mm. either some helico- uh, remote control helicopters or something um, in this film. Mm. So, uh, yeah, not much of a t- uh, tagline, but sufficient. Because it's not an air- airplane movie as such. This is, like, a couple of years later, we had Top Gun, which mm. is... An airplane know, movie. That's yes. a good yeah. airplane movie. Yeah. 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 Whereas this one, you spend two-thirds of the movie waiting before you <coughs> see yeah. the, the main, you know, the tight titular character. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think if this was made today, one of the major things that they would do would be to introduce uh, dogfighting and, and air combat in the first part of the film, yeah. it's maybe mm. to set his character up because we just take their word for it that this guy is an ace pilot, mm. even though he gets shot down. Um, even ace pilots first, get shot down. First ten minutes of the film, he's shot down and captured in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not only an ace pilot; he's sort of the elite test pilot. Mm. Uh, understands yeah, I think the what, technology. I think what you're um, hitting on there is the show don't tell. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So the intro. There's an intro. I've I've sort of divided into three act structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed very natural fit. So there's a little intro sequence where we see um, our hero. What's his name? Gant. Uh, yes. Grant uh, uh, Gant. Mitchell. Mitchell. He changes Gant. his. He actually changes his name about sixty four times through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He does. So as anyway, he, as he goes Gant. deeper behind the Iron Curtain. That's right. So Gant is out jogging. The Iron Curtain, by the by the way, to our younger listeners, <laughs> was a time when Russia was uh, was not part of the planet. It was Soviet Union? Yes, the Soviet Union. A country it was a, you guys. It have was never a Cold heard, War without. Might not have ever heard of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Europe was <laughs> divided in half. Youngins. There was the Western. Yeah, and the then good guys. There were the bad exactly. guys from our perspective. Yes, and who exactly. coined the term Iron Curtain? I can't remember. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Did he really? Yes. Because when the Berlin Wall started being built, he said an iron curtain, an iron curtain is falling upon, upon Europe. Europe. That thing stuck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a meme. You coined that phrase. It's a 1945 meme. He, he was a meme master. <laughs> he, he was, was a, a meme yeah, master. Yeah, yeah, exactly. meme boss. That's right. Okay, so there's a chopper. Mm. Black chopper. Yes. So um, our hero is just jogging through the outback, yep. the woodlands. Now, have we seen the black helicopter and our hero out in the woodlands Quietly chopping wood with yeah, the birds absolutely. and the bears. Absolutely. The, yes. We, was it? It was later. Commando. You're referring I'm to talking about Commando. Commando has to be Commando. Um, one of the one of the worst examples of continuity in cinema history is Commando. Like, do you have? If you want to show students how important continuity is in, in a film, <laughs> you just showed them Commando. It's terrible. But yes, I've, I remember seeing that in Commando a few years later and thinking. They've just stolen that straight from Firefox. I'm pretty sure one of the Star Treks has Captain Kirk out there on a set somewhere chopping some fake logs <laughs> where he's retired from the... That's, the, him, has the, 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 that's the film where he makes his own heaven. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. make your own your own heaven and that's yeah. that's his idea of heaven. That's chopping wood. Um, Star Trek Generations. <coughs> Generations, Generations yeah. yeah. So rather than drive up with a car or send him a you know a letter or something, they send up a black helicopter after mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And he's already a little bit crazy because he's, you know... PTSD or whatever. Well, we get introduced to a pretty critical character um, aspect, don't we? We he, he manages to jog into his house, which uh-huh. is a really remote sort of location. In a swamp or something. And it's the first thing swamp. he does, he grabs a gun off the mantelpiece, yep. um, hides in the corner and proceeds to go into a post-traumatic um, flashback scenario where we see uh, the he got shot down, he was taken prisoner. Um, and the biggest aspect, I think, of the flashback was how much trouble he had with the napalm bombing of the little kids. Yes. Um, in his rescue attempt. Yes. When, when they rescued him, they napalmed the little kids in front of him and stuff. So it was a disaster. He got shot down yep. and then he got captured and then they rescued him and they blew up some poor little kid. Yes. And he was freaking out. Mm-hmm. So after he has his quick freak out dream, What's the immediate scene that comes back when he comes back? When he comes back to And reality. he has a gun in his hand. And he has a gun in his <laughs> a hand. A loaded gun. Cocked and loaded. It's the helicopter Three pilot. aliens. <laughs> yeah, three giants. Two of them alien looking. <laughs> with their faces right in his face looking at him. Yeah. With their bloody shields <laughs> down and helmets yeah. off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Their giant mustaches. This is all If he had shot them right in the helmet, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so they uh, they calm him down and they, uh, I don't know, they gather him up and take him into the helicopter. Okay, so that's the intro. That sets up our uh, our character. Yep. Um, and then the next thing that we do is we go and check out um, the secret base. So there's a secret base and there's lots of admirals and generals and aircraft admirals and they're all standing sitting around a big table. Mm. They've got 101 maps. Yep. You know, and there's some big super, super duper conference. The war room. The war room, yeah. exactly. And mm. there's some frizzy head pom who's like yes. M or something or other out of James Bond. Yep. And they've got some... With the, uh, pa- with the patience of a half-suck Sayo who's like <laughs> taking no shit from anybody in the room. Yeah, because he knows better than all the generals because yeah, yeah. he's, he's got his finger on the pulse. And that formula is common, isn't it, for, for <laughs> that era of film where there's always some uppity pommy in the corner that's calling the shots and he's nowhere near as important as all these generals and, and you know chiefs of staff and all this stuff yeah, yeah. and yet he puts them always puts them in their place because he knows better and he has better statistics so they've got a projector and they've got a black and white scratchy little photo up on the screen mm-hmm. and he's saying that there is the, the Firefox satellite uh, silhouette of something it, yeah I don't know if it's actually a satellite it might have been a it could have been air reconnaissance. They might not have had satellite 
mm. photography. I don't know. They might have even said it was an air reconnaissance picture. But they go straight for the jugular, like you said, and they say, that's the Firefox, yep. you know? And then they go and list all of its stats and go Mark V, um, yep. and it has thought-controlled weapons. What's Mark V, Tom? Fast. No, like speed of sound is what? Uh, 300 metres per second. 1,000 Speed of sound is Mark 1. So, if I don't know, it's about is it linear? <laughs> so, what then it'd be linear? 1,500. Yeah. Is it 1,500? Metres per second, so one and a half kilometres a second. So, we're talking 6,000-ish. If that is. K's an hour. This thing linear. can go. All right, so I did a little bit of research. That's re- it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like- if you wanted to turn, you would need a continent. <laughs> yes. Let's turn. say you wouldn't be flying very low through <laughs> through canyons, <laughs> no, would you? No. Absolutely but not. Just wait and see. You'd have a fraction of a second to dodge a mountain. Yes. Yeah. And your your plane would probably burn up and rip apart. Yes. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about planes later on because we've got some uh, interesting stuff on that coming up. Um. Um. Okay, so uh, a secret message from um, that they they get a secret message that that Firefox would be flying, um, but they couldn't pick up anything on radar. That's right, it went missing on radar. Yeah, they knew that it had taken off and and had landed, but in during the flight they lost that's, it. That's right, and they have to calculate um, when it comes back, mm. and that's how they figure out how fast it can travel. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> and then they, therefore they also guesstimate that the Firefox is invisible. Mm. So I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, Stop absence bomber. of evidence is not evidence of absence. Yes. They, they, <laughs> they sort of, yes. we've detected nothing. Yeah. So we think it's got anti-radar Therefore aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. right. Despite the fact that the pilot could have taken off, <laughs> gone around the airfield and landed again. Yes, or it could have actually been nothing. <laughs> no, but they, they, they do have a lot of information already. They yeah. obviously had Russian... I mean, they have their connections they have there. They, there's inside. lots of information that they've already got. They yeah. got the technical specs of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just want the prototype. I took it that way, that they yeah. knew that it existed. They knew that what it's supposed to do, mm. but they didn't have any evidence until that flight, and then they realised, oh, shit, this is... This is the they, they know the bloody... Size of the pilot. Mm, they know right. his body size. <laughs> and right. Yeah, true. They know everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they're also in contact with some traitorous rebels mm. in the like Firefox development yep. group, the scientists, right? Yep. And those guys have sent out secret messages and they've been picking up, M's been picking up these secret messages somehow mm. so that they know. They know what's going Speaking on. Speaking of size, that's one of the reasons why Clint Eastwood is chosen for the mission. Yep. He fits the suit, fits and, the suit and he, and he speaks, speaks Russian. Russian. That's right. He was specially trained for... Um, his grandfather was Russian. His, mom. his, his, Russian yeah. his mother was Russian and, or and that's why he and a bunch his grandfather of grandfather as well, probably. were especially trained in case... That's right. They, they mentioned saying that they were part of some group. After should, the Second World War, they were, yeah. they were trained to recognise and use foreign yeah. technology. Yeah, something like that. So M says, you know, we got to go and steal it, right? Mm. Okay, so all the generals say, yeah, rip, 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 rip. <laughs> yes, we got to do that. All right, so next, the next story beat is we're going to have to convince old Mitch Gant to come out of his, you know, his happy little swamp where he's been shooting squirrels and... You know, other forms of wildlife happily for the and, last few years. And having flashback, flashbacks. <laughs> having flashbacks, yes. Yep. Seeing yep. squirrels and getting terrified. Um, so this next bit is the seduction. You have to seduce the hero mm-hmm. into action. Now, a typical hero will have to refuse to 
you know. Mm. So does Mitch, does Grant do the refusal? Uh, I think he does. Yeah, it's a bit of a lame refusal. He's a soldier. He's trained to do as he's told. I I got the sense that he... He inferred that he didn't want to do it, but knew full well he didn't have a choice. Because mm. you're, you're in the military for that yeah, amount of time. military for you, yeah. You, you're, you, if you get called upon, you really... Because they can make life really hard for you. So I felt that was a bit of a weak story. But I got reluctance, but not complete mm. refusal. Yeah. Yes, I got reluctance, but not refusal. Very good. Exactly. Um, and I would have strengthened that if I was doing Firefox yeah. 2.0, and yeah. I would have said, fuck off, I'm going to shoot you if you ask me that again. Yeah, and they could have played into it, the psychological stuff. I never really got the sense that anyone else knew that he was having this issue. Mm. Did you? Was there part of the movie where that where other people is known? No, no, they did mention that it was a thing. Okay, cool. You know, when they were discussing with him. Yeah. Um, oh, and what they said was, you know, because one of the generals says – isn't he a crazy person, some sort of lily-livered, knee-knocking coward? And they said, no, 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 it's a stress thing Oh, It happens to normal people. But, um, you know, he doesn't freak out in combat. He's uh, cool in combat. Right. Yes, it's just right. when he goes to a shopping centre that he goes bananas. <laughs> when he sees little job. girls. <laughs> yes, actually, yes. <laughs> when he sees little girls on fire, he goes, berserk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. how do they convince him? Um, I can't remember. Exactly. There's so much I can't remember. No. If it was like... If it was like, you know, another movie, it would be like, you have to go and, you know, you have to come back and go and take the, take on the Colombian drug lords. And he would say, the hero would say, no, you know, never. And then, you know, then they'd say, commando, but they have your daughter. Yeah. In which case he has to go. Yeah. Um, in this one, <laughs> they're going to confiscate his house. Ah, that's right. So. Because he's well, living on government land. I thought land. they're offering that he can buy the land. No, Isn't I, that, well, he's living on government land. They're saying, hey, by the way, this land could become available for purchase in the future, you know. Oh, yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that. he did say, yeah. that's kind of what he said. Yeah. I actually took it to be, it could become available for purchase in the future, meaning we're going to sell it to somebody else other than you. <laughs> oh, no, I thought they were offering that he could then own the land. But that was the carrot. Yeah. Oh, that's anyway, interesting. Either way, because you interpreted it as a carrot, I re- interpreted yeah. it as a stick. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't even remember. <laughs> yes, it was a very strong story beat. Um, okay, so the next story beat is, well, we've got to train him up, so we're going to need a montage. Yeah. It's not very much of a montage, no. but we've got to get him trained in the next two minutes of the movie. Yeah, because <laughs> everything has to happen quite quickly. Main, what's the uh, ticking clock here? Um, am I right in thinking it's the visit by the... Um, first secretary. First, yeah, the, the secretary. The uh, Yeah, the first... First, the first second, the Russian first in secretary. That time was Brezhnev, I think. Yeah, it has to happen. By it has to happen f- f- on that visit, or no, yeah, or before that. Visit. The, fly, the, like the that. plane will fly during that visit. Yeah, I don't know why that means they have to steal it beforehand. Mm. Why can't they steal it afterwards? Don't know. But, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that was kind of the plan. Mm. Um, so, Mitch- oh no, I think the future of the program relied on a successful test flight on that visit and so their plan was to not let that happen other because of the, the cost or whatever there was basically as we can if get, we can get rid of the program steals the plane and manages to vamoose off with that without them being able to catch them isn't that a successful test flight? Well, you think so. <laughs> but the Russians go, yeah, we'll be, we have all the plans. We'll just build 20 more of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will. Yeah. Look for it on the radar, comrade. Can't see it. Oh, great. Our radar system's working. <laughs> <laughs> the 
best successful. That's the uh, that's the first poor Russian ac- ac- uh, accent for the evening. There will and be much more. Will not be the last. <laughs> In Russia, we test you. <laughs> In Russia, accent test you. Um, okay, so now here's the plan. Okay, I kind of wrote it down, and it's a little bit hard to follow. Mitch is going to impersonate some drug dealer who is selling drugs to Russian kids for some reason. That's right. This will be his cover or something. Posing Mm. as a Miami businessman, uh, but secretly he's been selling drugs. The real guy. Now, has the CIA or FBI been... Paying the drug dealer he's, to go to Russia he, to sell he's the actually, drugs. Um, and the thing they actually used to do uh, is they create a character, a person, um, and make sure they have something, you know, like this guy, drug dealer, which means he couldn't have anything to do with the government if he's selling drugs. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they basically lull their opponents into a false sense of security yep. by making this schmuck go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Um, and there's actually a name for it. And then what they do is... Is it sheep dipping? Um, it's something to do with... Uh, well, I'm going to name it. An, it's an called ass. schmuck swapping. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to swap the schmuck. I'm, schmuck familiar, I'm familiar with what and, you're talking about. And then what they do, and, and they establish that because that's a, a route into somewhere. Yeah. And then they just replace that asset with who, who, whom, whoever they want. Mm-hmm. Without raising suspicion, because they're used to that person going backwards and forwards. Yeah, they have to be really lucky if they find somebody who actually looks alike, though. But apparently, they used to do that a lot, mm. and they often used to take their wives or their girlfriends or whatever. Mm. And that was a way Russians and Americans, and who knows, it's probably still done now. Mm. A way of not raising, and they would just sometimes even create these things in case they might need it in the future. Yeah, mm. right. So that's basic. That's a very good description of what I think they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so then he has to go in, he has to fly in, pretend to be this drug dealer dude, and then he has to go and meet up with some other people when he gets into Russia. Yes. All right, at a bridge at 10.30 or something. And he has like to that. do exactly what they and say. And have to do everything, yes. And he says, can you tell me more of the plan? No, we can't. Because you'll, you'll find out when you get there. Yes. We're going to keep the rest of it a surprise. <laughs> because even we don't know. <laughs> and they'll, why? They'll, and why? They'll, oh, sorry. They also tell him that he has to radio when he comes back, that he has to uh, record. There's a black box thing. Uh, and yes. He has to sit in the airplane and record, talk to the plane and record it in case he That's right. Um, like it. Yes, so they, apparently you can't call them on the phone. Yes, so this is important. And why do they say? Why do they have that in the story? So that we get enough exposition later on, so we can have auto exposition. Yes, yes. auto nar- nar- narration. So I'll just highlight that again: that they say that the black box right. is in the Russian plane, mm. and if he happens to crash and die, it would be really cool if he gave a long expository dialogue of everything that he was doing on the black box and I hope we can find it later and we can listen to it and check out what he was up to. See, Mm. that's a narrative version of that drug dealer. They've set up something so we don't even notice. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Because you imagine the last 10, 15 minutes of the film without that. It would be... Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And him looking over his shoulder (laughs) and pushing the red button really quickly. (laughs) And humming the Spanish flea to himself. That's right. He flies over the Arctic. That's right. <laughs> Even so, I've got a complaint because when we get to that point, mm. when he's flying the ship, he starts talking, you know, and now I'm going to be pushing the red button and I'm thinking to myself, I hope this works. 
Anyway, time to look to my right a little. And so he's doing all this exposition dialogue, but he doesn't remind the audience yeah. that he has to do it for the black box. And it would have been really nice if he said, all right, I'm going to start this friggin' recording for the goddamn black box. Are you idiots listening? All right. And then mm. off he goes. There's one other thing he has to do in his training montage. So we've got the black box exposition. Mm. We've got the secret plan. He's going to need the magic artifact. Yes, he gets the mustache. Radio. Mustache. Oh, the oh, mustache. No, yes, <laughs> the mustache. Two magic artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. He's going to have a small caterpillar attached yes. to his upper lip. Yep. Yes. This, the disguise was quite literally a Groucho <laughs> Marx mustache instead of uh, uh, reading glasses. And they had to have a whole special person to come in and carefully attach that. <laughs> yep. An expert. It worked. It, it, That's it, all you needed to get behind the Iron Curtain. Fake mustache. It was an iron mustache. That's the days when the CI didn't have budget cuts. They could have a person whose speciality was (laughs) moustache. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. They spent all the money on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets a uh, a magic radio Mm -hmm. that will um, take him home. Mm -hmm. And it also picks up Communist FM as well. So he can listen to some tunes. Mm -hmm. All right then. So that's probably what I think think is the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. So we're all set. Um, and then I've got what I suppose is the next story beat, crossing the first threshold. Mm-hmm. So we're in, we're in Russia. At the airport. At the airport. And he, um, you know, he has to go through the first checkpoint. And um, guess what? They pull out his transistor radio and they shake it and there's this tense moment when he's looking at it and they put it back in his bag and let him go. Mm-hmm. All right, so then the next one is that he gets into a taxi and he goes to his hotel. Um, <clears throat> now, he did something strange. He told the taxi driver to stop before the hotel and he would walk the rest of the way to the hotel. Didn't, they, didn't the taxi driver inform him that they were being followed? No, but he, he found out. He looked over his shoulder. He knew he was being followed. Yeah. And he was even told in the exposition at Act mm. 1 that he would be followed and that he should make sure that he remains followed. And, and not to lose them. Mustn't lose them, yeah. yes. So why on earth did he stop the taxi and walk across the And walk the rest of the way? Mm. That confused the hell out it's of me. an airplane for bloody 18 hours. You want to stretch your legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was innocent. It was non, non-plot driven, Dan. It was just logistics. You want to take in a few... Taking the sights. Yeah. Yep. All right, so then <clears throat> the next thing we have to do is we have to catch up with the bad guys, which is the KGB, mm-hmm. and we catch them mid-sentence in the middle of their their um, their planning operation, their planning meeting. There isn't the KGB cars. They're, they're, um, I think I read somewhere, that, and they use them in this film. They used them in Rocky Four as well. Like that KGB <coughs> used these black cars that apparently the public can't buy. Ah. And so the, the the company that makes those cars only made them for the government. Okay. Right. So those black KGB cars are always the same make I and model. The, the, the black leather rain jackets, <laughs> nobody can buy either. They're only for KGB agents as well. Uh, they're so iconic, those cars. Mm. And, and it's as if, as if you can't tell the KGB you're following you because they all drive the same car <laughs> yeah, and yeah. no one else can drive <laughs> those same cars. ugly, crappy... <laughs> Uninspired. <laughs> It'd be like the secret police only driving white VWs or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, you're not real secret, are you? <laughs> well, it's a part of an intimidation. If you know that you, you expect the KGB, they you know they're there, they're watching you. Yep. No one expects the KB, KGB. <laughs> All right. So there's a bunch of KGB agents and they're 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 they're, they're sitting around in a big table, and I kind of like they're caught mid exposition, and so you know I thought it was a bit. 
lame where they're like, yes, Comrade General, that will be an excellent plan that we will implement tomorrow and I'm absolutely sure it will help with the stuff that we're doing. And then, yeah, it's like, okay. Do a better one next time. It didn't sound like there were yeah, new needs to be better than. <laughs> that was my best one, man. Comrade. <laughs> Comrade. you got to roll the R's. <laughs> Lean on that R. All right, so... Tavarish Danovich. <laughs> the thing that they, they already know that there are traitorous scientists working on the Firefox. The, that's the, right. The, the, the KGB. The, the, um, and, and the KGB, it's interchangeable, isn't it? Like it's high-ranking army officials one minute and then like you – I don't know, who, no, I no, I don't know got, who they are. I just called them but the I KGB. Always, yeah, no, 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 I think it was the KGB working for the – for the high-ranking army officials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there was the army that were calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And the KGB were the foot soldiers for the... And mm. I... Mate, Government. isn't that the way it worked mm. over there? I don't know. I got a feeling I that... Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not asking any questions at all. Did you watch the film, Dave? I'm not making any insinuations. Someone might be listening. Uncle <laughs> Uncle Putin. Okay, so they're going to arrest the um, those scientists... Um, That's right. Their plan is is in... And they kind of know that there's going to be some sort of sabotage plan going on. That's right. They're they're expecting sabotage. Well, the Americans got all that info. There was leakage. Mm. They knew there was leakage of information to the Americans. So, again, I'm just thinking about motivations. The the KGB, uh, they're planning to do anything about this? Or are they... I don't know what was going on. Well, I think... Well, they do. They do implement... They try to shut down... He misses... Um, Do they know? They who miss the- him by this much because they they grab the guy at the farm the very yeah. first uh, when he when he leaves the hotel. We're jumping ahead, but okay. yeah, um, yeah, they they actually move in and grab the guy from the farm, and then he spills the spills the yeah, beans. And they suspect the scientists are hostile because yeah. it's part of the Jewish pogrom. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they know that the scientists are going to be hostile. Yeah. So what I'm I'm starting to realise here when watching the movie is that this plot is actually quite complicated. Oh yeah, no. it's it's like it's cool that they don't really have a B story. There's no B story in there. There's no separate secret mission. There's no, you know, there's, Se- secondary arc. You know, Han Solo isn't on the fo- in the forests of Endor trying to do yeah. something else. It's there all, is there really is only one story arc. Yeah, yeah. But it's rather complicated and there's lots of steps involved. It's, a, in it. it's a quite a like to me. It's more political thriller. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. exactly the way I would sum it up, <coughs> with a with a sprinkling of and, sci tech and and these days you could actually call it a historical fiction. Yes, it calls itself a thriller. Yeah, a, sci- uh, a spy thriller. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's probably that's a good good name for it. Yeah. All right, so we go into the next story beat, which is the secret mission at the bridge, the mission, the meeting at the bridge. Why right. always bridges in the Cold War? What the hell was it with bridges in <laughs> the Cold War? Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is always bridges, isn't it? It's yeah. Symbolic for the separation of yes. oh, the battle, ah, the two places. banks. Ooh. Yes, uh-huh. uh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, so, we, so he only knows that he has to meet someone at the bridge. Yes, that's all he knows for this mission. Yes, is that he has to get in, he has to act as a certain dude with a, that happens to have a mustache, sprang or sprong or somebody or other, and meet some people at a bridge. Yes. He doesn't know the names of the people that he's supposed to meet at the bridge. Nope. He just has to obey them without question, and he has to make sure that he's followed to and, the bridge. And yes, they, and they do. They make a big thing that no matter what happens, obey them. Yes. Even if somebody starts killing people, just in, you know. Go with it. You know, just, you know, that happens. You know, just go with it, all right? Yeah. 
All right, so there's lots of film noir painted all over it. We've got mm-hmm. lots of dark spaces and bright lights and yep. archways and heavy shadows. Uh, yeah, and and footsteps. Sl- and, yeah, slate floors with and not just any footsteps. cobblestones. They have to be wet. There's, <laughs> yeah, a, shiny. there's a crunch <laughs> a little, when yes. you when you walk on a wet ground a in a, in a in a in a Cold War movie. It's always there's a crunch, yeah. you know, because it's got it recently snowed or recently rained. It's the Cold War. It's a yes. cold and wet war. Well, yeah, it has to be miserable. There's place. puddles it's, everywhere. It's like no one would ever want to live there. That's the American way of looking beyond it's, the curtain. <laughs> it's like cyberpunk films. It has to be raining and neon. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. All right. So the KGB's following him, <clears throat> and then I've got the next story beat. Where he meets the goons. That's right. So there's a bunch of goons, dark shadows, there's, big lump, human lumps. There's some goons, and and he somehow manages to meet the goons, having been followed, but not been followed close enough that they aren't just right there for mm-hmm. him to meet them in front of them. That's true, and that's a very critical plot point that it happened to work With out what's that about way. to happen. <laughs> yes. So what happens there? So. So we, Grant, we meet, we meet the real yes, the real Sprong or Sprang, Sprag, I think Sprag, Sprag it, who is the drug dealer from Miami. Yes, and so they beat the shit out of him in the face and kill him. Yes, he, right in front he of is a disposable asset, mm. much like Donald Trump. If it was if it, <laughs> if it was shot today, he wouldn't be a drug dealer. He'd be a pedophile or something was, like yeah. that from Miami. <laughs> yeah. So we they turned a blind eye to his uh, side activities. Possibly sponsored his activities. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and blackmail and have him use, used for their bidding. So they beat him in the face with an iron pipe. A lot. A lot. And it's all horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they peel off his excellently attached moustache, take away his passport, which is Gavin's bang, put it on the dead body, push him in the river. Yep. And, and run away quickly. And run away. <laughs> and running away into the night, giggling. And, and, and what's Clint Eastwood's attitude towards? Well, he's this? not happy about it. No, he's he's not a happy man. He, he, the fact that it happened um, is against his better judgment, and believes that there could have been another way. Yeah. But what do you he might have a point, <laughs> given the shock he's just gone through. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, fact, I was shocked. I wasn't prepared. And the for fact that. that nobody tells him what the plans yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone could have told me. I probably would, would have been all right. With yeah, that. just a few minutes to prepare would have been helpful. <laughs> but they also give him another secret name at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're now Gavin Smith. That's right. Or whatever the secret name is. Yeah, I can't remember. Is he? He's a Michael something, isn't it? Is he no. a, an American? No, he's some Russian dude now. I thought he was a tourist. Oh, I thought he used he to. No, he's to a, be tourist. a tourist. He's a tourist. Yeah, oh, maybe he's a camera. Yeah, that's right. He's a he literally a goes through about five identities or yeah. something rather yeah. in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they run away quickly. So and they go straight to the train station. Yes, which is nearby. We think. Can we I ask think. a question at this stage? One of the thugs. He's an English actor, I think, and his name's Oliver. Someone. It's been bugging the hell out of me. The guy with the bit mustache. Yeah. Who? Who's he? What the hero rebel thug? Who's yeah. his mate? Yeah, he's been in heaps of stuff, and I can't remember anything. It I, just I forgot to look it up before the show, and it's. Do you remember what he was called in the movie? Um, no, I couldn't yeah. remember any of their names. Yeah, he is no. least of all. Yeah, yep. Not sure. For those not watching this on video, everyone is not. Is it Oliver Cotton? That's it, Oliver Cotton. Yeah, he played um, Dimitri. That's him, Oliver Cotton. Thank P- you, Priyabin. Ah, the Arbin. That scratched that itch that's been bugging me. Oh, and he wasn't 
he wasn't a Jewish guy, but he was married to a Jewish yeah. woman, and that's like it's later on Eastwood brings it up. Yeah, why is he involved? I think he. What's the quote? There's a Eastwood says a quote or something. Is don't don't you Jews get sick of um, hassling City Hall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a famous sort of yeah. quote for the time because it's a fighting city an under, hall. It's fighting yeah. city yeah, hall. Yeah, it's yeah, an understated yeah. way of yeah. saying, well, "Don't you get sick of being always the the whipping boy, the the ones that are being persecuted in every fucking society?" Mm. You know, um, and he explains, "Yeah, I'm not Jewish, but my wife is." You know? mm. All right, so they go into the train, they catch a train, and there's a long sequence of running and hiding on trains, and there are guards everywhere and looking out windows and seeing more guards and mm. looking to each other and looking And the back. tension was pretty high at this point in the mm. film, wasn't it? Mm. Like, there were there were cops everywhere, mm-hmm. and with, with Alsatians. And, and big machine guns and everything. Yeah, yeah, they look pretty serious. And our our rebels that are guard, guarding him, they're all deadly serious, and mm. good old Mitch is looking a bit... Worse for, worse for where? Where did they shoot it? Do you know where they shot any of these Russian? Sh- I, I know they shot a lot of it in Austria. So I think because the, the, everything that's I think the, they only shot in America and in Austria. It definitely had an authenticity of mm. the trains that they were using and the and the you know the, the train stations mm. and stuff like that were, were not very American or not very uh, um, English. All right, so in the train station, you know, they have to get out of the train station and the, the hornet's nest of KGBs are all buzzing around because they're, they're trying to work out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the loo. He's told to go to the toilet and just chill, baby. Because yeah. he was, yeah, he was looking a bit stressed. That's right. <clears throat> and he proceeds to have a freak out in the toilet. Well, he, he, gets, to, he, he gets stopped first. And mm. and uh, questioned, and the guy, the KGB guy, wants to look at his passport, passport mm-hmm. and everything, and he's freaking out. Questions mm-hmm. him about the hotel. Yeah, and he manages to go um, to get past that, and that's when he gets told, "Look, you need to go and chill. Mm-hmm. We won't leave this station until you've been checked at least another two times." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's down in the loo, and he has a bit of a freak out, and there's uh, an extra KGB guard goes down to the loo and sees him in the loo mm-hmm. and asks to see his papers, please. And what happens? Um, KGB guy doesn't like the papers. Yeah, this he time. says no, they're no good. The papers are no good. And so, yeah, the KGB guy was probably stirring him up. Yeah, probably you know putting pushing a bit his of, buttons, pushing his buttons. Shouldn't have done that. And uh, yes, don't push Dirty Harry's buttons. <laughs> yeah, particularly when he's having a freak out in the toilet. Yeah, yes, because it results in bad things happening. Yep. Um, and so he kills him. Yep. He goes bananas. Hang on, who kills whom? He kills him. He kills um, him. Ah. Mm. Eastwood kills the, the, the Russian guy. The Russian guy. Yeah. Yep. There's a bit of a kerfuffle. A bit yep. of a kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's going for his gun or yep. something or other. In the, was he actually, was the KGB guy yeah, going for his was. gun? Yeah, I think yeah, he, he was going. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I, think it was. I got a half impression the, that it was a mistake, it, and that he was, was just yeah. getting out his handkerchief from yeah. his pocket or something. We'll never know that. Dan. No, I think we'll <laughs> never know because that. it was the left pocket. And later on, when he's dead, I thought I thought he does during the fight go for it. Actually, goes oh, for right. his gun because it's on the ground later on, yeah. but it's on his right side, yeah, on his right hand. So I think he wasn't initially. Yeah, going yeah. For the my gut feeling is he got it right. Like I think he probably needed to take him out. Okay. Yeah. Well, he certainly did. He got in trouble for it later on by the other by his Russian comrades, by Oliver, yeah, who knew better and said that, no, that's that's the trick they play by telling you that the uh, paperwork is no good. So they um, they give him. I think they give him immediately another identity, Do right they? then and there. Do they? Well, maybe they don't. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many identities going on. 
We all rely on you taking notes. Uh, I know I've got notes, but it's complicated, man. Yeah. Did you watch the film, Dan? Yeah. Because <laughs> if not, we're fucked. <laughs> I have to call Daniel this, at home. Ask him if he remembers. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remember, you know, about 25 minutes in the yeah, film? I know what Beck's response will be. Yeah. Two words. Get, get, get back on the phone. We needed, <laughs> we needed to guide us through the schmozzle. All right, so they um, they eventually get out of there. You know, they go through the last checkpoint mm-hmm. and um, they jump in a truck and they go to the secret the the rebel guys' secret headquarters. Yep, um, and they're hanging around there, <clears throat> and the KGB agents turn up. Now this is where the plot thickens. Yeah, if it's not thick enough, it's yeah. already super thick. Yep, but the KGB agents turn up and they're not trying to find Mitchell. Grand. No, they're, no they're trying to capture the other guy. Dimitri. Yeah. Dimitri, that's Dimitri. his name. That's yeah. right. They're trying yeah. to capture Dimitri. So yep. So I think that's when they might give him another identity. Yes. Yeah, that's right. They give him another yes. identity. So now he, he's called somebody else. he goes else. out on deliveries. He's like the offsider in the delivery van identity. So they jump into Dimitri's van. Well, they, he takes Dimitri's identity because no, Dimitri he, gets told no, to stay at home. Not confuse no, us no. anymore. No, no, he no, drives no, the van. No, he no, takes no. another guy's another identity. random guy who <laughs> has that to stay guy at home. gets told to stay at home, and that's later on guy. he gets yeah, captured. he gets a, do- a knock on the door. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So they uh, spills his beans. Yeah, they they blast off into the with the with a little van, mm-hmm. and um, then the Russian guys follow that van. Mm-hmm. So I'm calculating the back of my mind that they must be driving towards the secret yeah. fly base, they right? Are. Yes. Yeah. And so the Russians are following people that are just getting closer and closer to this base. Yeah. Everybody right. follows everyone in this video. <laughs> is what they do. <laughs> All roads lead to <laughs> Russian base. Um. So okay. So they're is it driving. Bulyusk. Is that the yeah, name Bulyusk, of the base? Bul- Bulyusk. Whatever it is. Um. <laughs> What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're in the truck. They uh, they drive and um, and they're being followed the whole and time. they're being followed the whole time. And now they have to na- make another switcheroo mm-hmm. um, because he has to get into the base. That's right. So we're almost there, and they have to slow the truck down just slightly to roll in a curve. S- it's uh, rolling in curve, speed in a curve when they're not being seen. Yeah. Yes, just and tuck, to tuck and roll speed. Yep. Tuck and roll exactly. And he has to jump out of the. Out of the car. That's right. Whilst, um, and then Dimitri has that sort of brave moment where he says, jump out of car, do not say goodbye. So. It would be just offensive. (laughs) Just fly the plane. Yes. Yes. Make me proud when I see plane flying. And I have to shoot myself in head. (laughs) Now, there's two things that confuse me. One hasn't, you haven't gotten to that. Not, not yet. Okay. But the other one is, this is the plan. Yeah. They're following the plan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Clint Eastwood was supposed to drop out at that curve because there's the next guy waiting for him. In yeah, the, just uh, over the hill. So they're yeah. exactly following the plan the entire time. Yeah. yeah. But the, it looks like they're being surprised by the KGB agents when they're in their, in their <laughs> hiding house. True. Yeah. And they yeah. go, oh my God, they're here. Quick, we must follow plan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the tuck and roll might have been ad-libbed. <laughs> But mm. the meet the guy by the side of the road thing might have yeah. been planned. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they were expecting so to the be KGB They're so chased. used to being yeah, yeah. followed and being chased that they just stubbornly do <laughs> yeah. exactly what they wanted to do anyway, regardless. <laughs> that was and part of the plan. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the KGB. No one said it was a good plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, the, so. Yeah. And the other thing that confused me, I might, because it comes now, Yep. is 
He takes on the 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 the, um, the persona of a general or mayor or something, high ranking. Yes, army yes, officer. We're slightly, that's slightly ahead. Slightly ahead. Yeah. Something. But then he sets the dogs and the guards on Dimitri, doesn't he? Because Dimitri oh, is over there. That's a good point. And he goes, that's actually a check tra- over there. That's a tra- tra- I never thought of that, but point. you're right. You're right. He Isn't orders. That what he, does? he orders extra dog dog, dog patrols on the outer skirts yeah. to the airport, which is where Dimitri. Gets right. Dimitri gets eaten by dogs, <laughs> which is why he needs to put a bullet in his head at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's a good I point. That's American think, arrogance. <laughs> I didn't think those dogs and those guards were related to the ones that chased. There might Dimitri have been down. different dogs. Yeah. I think I think he's just sending that patrol away from him. Uh, they, there might have been pooper. miles between yeah. the two, because there might be just a lot of dogs. No, oh, I yeah. like to think that Grant had secret orders. But I do like order, He pulled out at exactly three o'clock and he says, make dogs eat Dimitri. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't trust Dimitri. Um, must wipe away all. I, I'm going with Tom's. <laughs> I like Tom's, uh, Tom's way of thinking of it. Yeah. Even even that he just doesn't even know, like he didn't think does it. That American uh, cowboy, <laughs> yeah, attitude. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Send some dogs over there. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dimitri, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, he's just so into his character that he's like, you know, what should we do, Captain? Well, yeah, I'm Captain. Double the guards. <laughs> yeah, I guess somebody's yeah. stealing plane. <laughs> yes, anybody can break in here, you idiots. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> He looks just like me. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Well, anyway, so, I'm going. So now he gets picked up. He meets the guy that, that is fixing his car uh, over the ridge. Yeah, one of the scientists. Yes. Right. Now, who's the scientist? Aha. Aha. Some, Jew. Yes. Some Jewish Who scientist. is he? He's a German scientist in he's, other movies. He's a German. He's a German. He's a uh, wizard scientist in a, other other movies. He's an SS uh, <laughs> uh, leather coat wearing yes. Indiana Jones <laughs> uh, amulet hand and guy. Bearing. Yeah. Ah, it's the hat and, guy. And more famous. Ah, I but didn't that, recognize that's him. not his famous role. The famous role is from Red Sonia. Yes, <laughs> his best role. He was the henchman from the uh, no. arch nemesis chick from uh, Red Sonia. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I haven't really? recognized him. So he does all of those roles. He's Same a bit good. of a character actor. He plays the professorish doctor, sort of Russian. Strangely, he's playing a good guy in this. Yeah, yeah. He's normally the snivelly bad guy. They're, t- they're normally the two roles. He's the snivelly bad guy, or he's the Russian or, or German doctor, or he's some kind yeah. of. Professor. Ronald Lacey. Yeah. That's yeah. him. What else is he in? Can you see a couple of other. He is in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Red Sonia, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai as president. What's he? He's the president with the asshole operation. Oh, I never realised that. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he's been in a lot of the movies. <laughs> he's been in all of the movies that we've done. He's Every the, one of he them. He is the common thread to our show. <laughs> he and John Carpenter. <laughs> yep. So all right. will get shoved into the boot. Yes, into the boot, and he gets taken into the base, and mm-hmm. there's a bit of a sneaky moment, and everybody's, ooh, will they find him in the boot? No, they don't find him in the boot. So he goes in, and then he goes and uh, gets handed over to the chief scientist, um, rebel scientist, Barra Klavov, somebody like that, mm. Baron Klavov, Barra Klavovich. Uh, sure. Buckholz? Baranovich. Baranovich. Piotr Baranovich. Nigel Hawthorne. Nigel, Nigel Hawthorne. Very famous uh, mm-hmm. English uh, actor. Also in, known as, um, what's his name in Yes Minister? He was in Yes Minister. That's yeah. exactly uh, right. Um, Can't remember. Basil. No. Humphreys? Uh, yeah. Humphreys. Yeah, yeah. Humphreys. Yep. Yes, Minister. Madness of King George. He was in Dem- Demolition Man. He was the uh, he was the guy. 
that was trying to put society back together yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. made yeah. it so that you couldn't swear and all this sort of stuff. Oh, oh, walking Tripola. around in a toga, uh, yeah. a kimono. Oh, we got to do demolition. That's a good film. Um, I think we we'll like that one. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, whilst he's doing that, Dimitri mm-hmm. has his hero moment <clears throat> where he's going to get into a... 36 kilometre hour car battle, you know, uh, yes. with their two yes. extremely slow Russian it was, cars it was bumping each other. Suspicious, suspiciously <laughs> devoid of speed, wasn't it, that, yes. that whole sequence? Yes. It was like it was taking part on a tennis court. It was, it was all really <laughs> slow. and then It's all leading up to the final of the film to make the airplane chase that much faster. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. it. It's slow everything else down. Yes, including the story... <laughs> <laughs> so he crashes the uh, the world's worst looking delivery van, and then yep. it's a foot chase. Yes, he manages to shoot the um, the other car in, right in the petrol tank where they explode. Full of the KGBs who yes, run into who run into you know a, a pile of logs on with one wheel <laughs> and it flips the car into the air, does two spins and explodes. It's funny how in those films there's always uh, something that ramps. <laughs> yes, just oh, one side of the car. car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um. Okay, so Baron. Yes, Minister Belanovich explains mm-hmm. the, the super plan. He has to walk across here and go over there and he has to go oh, in. Oh, it's a big expedition chunk, isn't it, that's coming now? Yeah. yeah. It's See, the whole... because they didn't have any wizard to do exposition. There's no exposition man like in yeah. fantasy films. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he doesn't have a, yeah, he we, kind of doesn't have an offsider to so ask him questions. So the Gary, pl- why are we yet getting into this van? <laughs> so the, the plan is, and all this is about to happen in a few hours' time, so there's not a lot of lead up. Um, it's almost happening immediately. And he's going to sneak into the base as an officer, which somehow they got a uniform for. Mm-hmm. Um, he is um, to go directly to the change rooms. Yes. Right? He has to strip down to his undies and hide in the shower. And hide there for, for, for Three hours. And, until he hears some kind of an alarm because they're going to set yeah. a fire in the hangar. As a distraction. And, and they're going to try to take out the second MIG, which is a big plot point that we find out in this yeah. exposition. Oh, by the way, because this is the by the way moment. That's right. There's two MIGs. Yes, there's another one under construction, but don't worry. Yeah. About at which that point one. you know exactly <laughs> yeah. that there's going to be a dogfight at the end of the film. And you're like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so we, we realize, I think, by a lot of uh, cautious looks to one another, the wife. Um, the the Baranovich and his wife are both scientists on the team, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we realise through a lot of cautious looking and staring into each other's eyes that they're not for, not long for this world. Yeah, that they know that this is almost a one way trip for them. Mm-hmm. They're very brave, brave, yes. brave, brave, brave people. Yep. Um, okay, so the next story beat I've got is um, shit gets real. Yes, it does. Okay, so the KGB start to put two and two and two and the other two and all those other twos together. Mm-hmm. And um, even um, King KGB, who's the boss of the KGB, actually runs into yep. our hero. And that's where he's where he very famous uh, Imperial <clears throat> um, uh, captain in Star Wars. He managed to survive Empire Strikes Back. Um, despite losing the Millennium Falcon and all these other things, and was in the opening scenes of Return of the Jedi. Ah. When Darth Vader lands 
on the Death Star. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the captain yeah. that comes and greets him, and in, and he's informed that the Emperor is visiting in person. So you better up your game. Double your efforts. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the guy. He's the guy that's calling the he's shots. He's the guy who doubles his the, efforts for the KGB. Um, puts it all together. Yeah, mm. and so now they just start to realise that. Um, yeah, about what's going on because they start to get reports and they've got their computer system that's getting pictures and they're putting everything together um, and um, they've got a, a drawing. <laughs> they managed to have a completely per- exactly, you know, exact yeah. drawing of Clint Eastwood that's, that one of the guards who's a bit of a hobbyist at drawing happened to knock <laughs> up yeah. 15 um, minutes ago when they saw this guy walking around the base. That's Sorry right. to backtrack a little bit, but of course I had to just look up who Admiral Priet was. It's a guy it. called yeah. Kenneth Colley. That's it. He yeah. played in The Life of Brian. He played Jesus. I did too. He did too. He never saw oh, Jesus. No, 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 three no. pixels tall. <laughs> I thought he was in The Life of Brian, but I didn't know he was Jesus. He was Jesus. I don't think we ever saw Jesus. N- only at the far distance on the hill doing his sermon on the hill. I never knew ah, preaching. Yeah, to see yeah, the He's race. very far okay, away. Okay. Seeing him only blurry. I thought he was a, a, That's a Roman. That's Admiral I'm going to have to watch that again. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, all right. So um, we'll last with the sketch. Hey? In Russia, Russia draw you. <laughs> yeah, the, the sketch. The that's sketch. Right. That's okay, right. so that's when he realizes that something's going on, mm. and you know we're going to have to start turning on alarm bells and things. Um, but just as he's putting two and two and two and two and two and two together, the alarm bells go off without him ordering them to go off. Right. Mm. And I like the statement when he's like, this is one of the best lines in the movie where Admiral Piet says, oh, my God, you know, you know, they've got the best American pilot who's possibly on our base. And when the other guy says, well, maybe he's here for reconnaissance, you know, Admiral Piet. And he says, reconnaissance? No. He's here to steal the plane. And just as they works out that, then bing, 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 all the alarms go off and you hear him say, no! <laughs> Double your reference! <laughs> yes! Now, you've you've jumped a little bit because the the alarms go off because they have started a fire. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, at exactly the same point in time, Clint's having a flashback in the, in the shower block. Okay, yep. Uh, steam everywhere. Oh, yes, lots of sweat. Haven't we? Yeah. And uh, he's having a Vietnam prisoner of war flashback. Yes, they've got nice red blinking lights in the shower, Yep, as you do. And he doesn't hear the alarm straight away. It takes a little bit of time for him to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, miraculously, within mere seconds, he walks out into the hangar in his leather jumpsuit. But we have forgotten a bit. Oh, he takes, he takes out the uh, other pilot. Yep. That's right. So the yep. other pilot, who's supposed to fly the plane that yep. that our hero Grant's going to steal, yep. walks in and he's like going to get his, you know, get his light suit on and do whatever he has to do. And the theme that um, Clint Eastwood's character's moral fibre is his undoing. That's how mm. he got the flashbacks in the first place. And now he should sh- shoot that guy. Mm. Doesn't. That's he right. says you haven't done anything. Yeah, yes. he actually has to word the words. Yeah, you otherwise have. he might not get. You it. haven't done anything. I think it's Vos Vostok. Vladivostok. Voskov. Vladivostok. Vladimir Vostok. Is that his name? Voskov. He's the pilot. That, <laughs> Possibly the blonde guy. That yeah, it yep. is. Yeah, it is. Voskov. His acting name is Kai Wolf. Kai, I know the name. Kai Wolf. I know the name. I must have seen him in James Bond movies or something else. He's been in X Men and Born Supremacy. Been in a couple of things. 
He looks like a bit of a character actor. Mm. Um, so he conks him over the head and ties him up in the corner. Instead and says, of killing him, he was told yes, to kill him. He was told to kill him. Nightfire. Double to seven. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so he says, you know, that'll end your trouble. You can just sleep there for the rest of the movie. And then, I don't know, what happens? We have the the hangar, you know. Well, he he does as he's, he's, he's told. He walks directly to the plane. And there's fire going on in the hangar because the scientists have yep. set fire to things. The scientists alarms. have been rounded up to one side of the hangar with guards pointing guns at them. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Clint walks directly to the plane. He gets in the plane and he starts going through his pre-flight, you yep. know, switching all the knobs on. That's right. And... The scientists then pull out guns and ineffectually That's right. get themselves killed. Yep. Because, hmm, yep. whatever. And uh, old Baron von Bladovich just looks over his whole shoulder just before he dies, just to see the old Firefox exiting the hangar majestically. Or Glint walking to the Firefox. Oh, because Piet sees him. Yes, and that's when he says... Like he points and sees him. Yeah, and strangely, he tells the guards not to shoot. Not to shoot at the plane. Because they can close the doors, right? Oh, yes, because we can close these very slow doors. Don't worry, I've got a plan. Yeah. (laughs) And you see, the airplane goes, and the doors close, and the airplane gets closer, (laughs) and the doors close, and the next shot is, the airplane is outside. Yeah, Yeah. about a kilometre away. (laughs) And he's saying, shoot, you idiot, shoot! (laughs) The only thing missing was them getting shut off by the doors and can't shoot anymore. Yeah, yeah, and all their gun barrels. open them doors. (laughs) Getting squashed in the doors. So anyway, takes off just as the first secretary turns up in his... Uh, How embarrassing. His limo. <laughs> just as he turns up. Yep. And we enter Act 3. Mm-hmm. Did he look like Brezhnev at all? No, not at all. Because I can't remember what Brezhnev no. looked like. I think there was some trivia. It's either Brezhnev or Andropov at that time, and he looked like neither of them. And they'd never give him, give him a name. they just call him first secretary. So he's just... Right. He's yeah. A to- yeah, Random he first secretary. Yeah. I think I There's saw, more firsts. Saw somewhere they, they modelled him... They either modelled him to look like the first secretary at the time, only that that person left that position and the person that came in looked nothing they like They don't him. leave the position. They leave the position feet <laughs> forward. The position no, leaves them. Leaves the position. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. And around about here is actually where I was a little bit disappointed with the stupid hero music. So we have... Okay, he's flying out and he takes off and there's clouds and there's a bit of sun and we have this kind of brass major key hero. A little bit out of place. Yeah. The soundtrack. Very out of place. I'd rather have some synth, you know, Knight Rider Vangelis because it's it's not hero time. It's yeah. we're gonna get shit's got get That's real I time. No, I, be- I, th- you know? I remember thinking the same thing. It was the it was crescendoish music that should like he's it's only just started. Like and it wasn't just- a hero time because all the scientists got blasted. Exactly. Right, it was now shit get real time. So it yep. should have been you know something serious going yep. on. Especially um, to set up that next act. Like. All yeah. right, here comes the action. Yeah, yeah. We've you've sat through all of this stuff, so all right. So now there's gonna be the chase. So this is the exit. Mm-hmm. Um Maurice Jar. And Maurice Jar does the music and he does do lots of synthesizers. Who did the music? Maurice Jar. Oh, I don't know. He who does he why do I know the name? I know his music. He's done famous stuff. Except I didn't prepare, so I don't know what Maurice Jar did. But he did Yeah, yeah, he did Spanish fleet in the meantime. Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> Doctor Shivago? Ghost witness? That's not what I'm thinking of, but that's what he did. Okay. Um, but he's also done. 
synthesizer stuff. Mm-hmm. Just not Lawrence of Arabia. All right, so he's flying through the air and he's got his first um, thing that they're going to do. So there's going to be a number of story beats. Well, he has, to, he has to turn on his special narrative device. Uh, no, but he, this is the problem where he never says anything. He never addresses it. He just starts talking to himself. Yeah, and he, he could have even... He turns it on. He could have even We see him switch it on. Where he says, you know... This is major blah, blah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Something to remind us. He that does. I think he does. does I think he? he says something like, uh, hopefully someone will find this later on or something. Mm. He, he, does, he makes some mention because when he switches it on, you're reminded what that thing is. Really? Well, I wasn't yeah. reminded what that thing was. I felt yeah. that you, you might be right. He might have said something, but he, I think we really had to highlight that just to hammer home. Unless I'm thinking of the tracking device. That's later, later on, on, he has to switch his track. No, I, yeah. thought, I thought that it, it, he doesn't immediately start talking, I think, but it's a bit later when he starts getting, <clears throat> when it's daylight. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was I a shot of him turning on. He said something. Oh, yeah, now we have to do the. I, suppose I thought I, he said something. I suppose like I that. better right. start talking. Yeah, yeah. I think he makes some reference. He, he makes some sort of half asked, half right. sentence. I felt, it, I felt it wasn't clear enough, though. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Show not tell, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Show and there's, tell. and the ticking clock is. Ticking clock. Fuel. Yes. Fuel. fuel. Very good point. Yeah. Fuel. So, yes, he doesn't have much fuel. He's that's got a how good their intelligence is. They know exactly how much fuel is in the yep. plane. Yep. Yes. That's they right. got that from a satellite, a silhouette on a on a tarmac from a reconnaissance yeah. plane. They know exactly where the submarine has to surface yep. because that's the limit of the plane. So we now got a kind of a tactical battle, right, where the, mm. the Russians in their base are trying to catch the that's plane right. and they've only got a few moves on the chessboard yep. to try and find it. And, and it's a it. literal chessboard, isn't it? It's And I do like that with the light yeah, coming was, up from it, the uh, map. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to work out which direction he's gone <laughs> and whatever because they have the problem of trying to find a plane that they built. That's invisible. That's invisible. <laughs> you would yeah. think that they would probably build into the plane <laughs> something that they can track that other people can't. A special visibility. Switch. I would probably do that if I was, you know, making an invisible thing. It depends on how arrogant you are. If you think that nobody can steal your plane from you. I don't know. Does can Wonder Woman find her own plane? Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. I used to have one of those invisible planes. <laughs> they have these keys that go. <laughs> the keys, and then you. I've still hear got the, sound the key. Goes, yes. <laughs> Every now and again, yeah. you pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> See Wonder Woman throwing paint in the air all down the street. It's got to be here somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so speaking about invisible, his first trick is to be visible. Yes, oh, that's right. he, has he has to be, be seen. Yes, so there's going to be a number of tricks. So we'll go through it. There's about four or five, four or five story beats that happen, and we're getting narrated <clears throat> not only by him, we're getting narrated by by the Russian. No, yeah. no, by the good guys who are in their own control room, which and looks the Russians a lot, too. Their control the room well, looks though. like yeah. a, more of a NASA type control room, doesn't mm-hmm. it? The, the America, the Ally control room. The Russians are in a sort of an underground bunker, and they're sort of reminding us of the plan as well, almost similar to a heist movie. You know how mm. a heist movie they don't tell you the, all of the plan; mm-hmm. they narrate. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven type yeah, yeah. as you go. Yeah. We're getting that from him in the cockpit, the Russians yep. speculate, speculating what he might be doing, uh-huh. um, and then the Americans. Uh, Who are also kind of speculating because they don't know whether it's going to work or They're not. looking for signals of that yeah. the plan is still going is working. correctly. So he first makes himself very conspicuously visible to an aeroplane mm-hmm. passenger jet, and he mm-hmm. flies right past it, heading directly south. That's right. And then as soon as he gets out of their field of vision, he switches on his cloak of invisibility and zips around and heads north. Yep. So that's the Lever. first trick. Mm-hmm. And flies very low. 
And he flies very low. Very, very low. Because if you sit next to a mountain, you can not be seen. Flies insanely low. That's and right. insanely fast. Which I thought... Well, he wasn't supposed to fly fast. That's isn't that redundant? I thought if the plane's invisible, why do you have to fly in canyons? Well, that it's first of all, it's not invisible. It's just I, I know, partially re- radar-proof. Proof. Yeah. But I, th- uh, I suppose they're worried about people spotting him. Yes. They, they mentioned that as well uh, in the thing. Yeah. So there's, they were... Yeah, being right, very careful. Spies everywhere. KGB, as we know, is following everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. They're following little tractors on the field. <laughs> yeah, they even have in the film, like, fishing trawlers with some yeah. poor KGB agent who's yeah. catching tuna and watching the ocean. Um, okay, so what's the what's the next trick that happens? Um, oh, that's right. Um, you know, the well, actually, the next trick that happens is Comrade Super Secretary is going to try... Negotiations. I talks ah, him right. back. Come, oh, bring the plane back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your I, only option. Can I talk Seriously. to the secretary? You know, he talks to Grant and they have a bit of a discussion. I think I wish to talk to the pilot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that has stolen my aircraft. The property of USSR. That's right. So he says, what did he say? You know, come on. Go on. Just bring it back. You know you want it. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> We will give you. You've had your fun. That's right. All right, and you when, got us. We give All you right. death. When they when they hang up, the, some subordinate says, um, um, "So what do we do? Just blow it out of the sky?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets a bit cranky, instant cranky. So he's. I kind of like that actually in the movie that mm. he. But I, I didn't think that he had any. I didn't think he had anything up his sleeve. No, he has no right? bones. No. He had no teeth and claws in that argument at it all. Couldn't he have, like, threatened his daughter or something, you know? We know where your daughter is. If you don't bring it back, uh, something might happen. She might fall off a cliff. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> he, he had nothing to bargain with at all. And he, and you get the sense that it was like, well, i got nothing to lose. <laughs> had to give it a try. All right, so they... they, they, they Eventually work out because the the commander. This is what I like as well. The the Russian commander's no fool. Mm. And when he, no, he when he hears the report that the aeroplane saw it going, saw the fox going south. This, now you're alluding to General Vladimirov. Vladimirov, and he's one of my is favorite it? characters towards the end of the film. He's Klaus the guy in Lewis. the control room. Um, Another German actor. He, he he puts the wind up. The secretary yeah, la- yeah, later he on gives him a serve. Yeah, he mm. gives him a serve, and he puts a lot of this stuff together. He realizes mm. that Gant is the best of the best. Mm. Why would he? be seen by a plane mm. flying south if not to send a false message yeah. i believe he's heading north and yeah. not south and comrade secretary says you're taking an awful risk there captain <laughs> you know yep. and he says yeah whatever let's do it so the secretary he he decides that it's a ruse mm. and but the secretary refuses to take his advice and send the second mig mm to the north and says, no, the MiG must continue to the south. Mm-hmm. Um, you can let somebody else check mm-hmm. check out if your theory is correct. Right. So here's plan B. They're now down to plan B. I think plan A was the secretary. Plan B is that they're going to use their infrared radar detectors because they've got some hint of being able to detect the thing. And then they're going to switch all of their anti-plane missiles onto it's infrared. Just mm. It's just heat, heat detection. Yeah. Yes, heat they're going to detect the heat. But the thing is that and now you'll have to correct me about what's going on here, but the the thing is that those missiles won't track the Firefox particularly well. No, no, they track it. They track the the engines. No, no, no. no. They specifically say it kind of is a bit dodgy. It doesn't really mm. think it will work. 
And so they say, we might need a target for those missiles to lock onto. Do you have my, do I have your permission, yeah, I never Comrade Secretary? I, never I didn't that. quite understand I that thing, but I remember I them saying something about did, a target. They definitely yeah. said that. And so the Comrade Secretary says, do what you have to do, yeah. Captain, you know? And I don't understand. Do they, are they saying you fly another plane behind it? And- yeah. That something like that was the plan. That's what I got something from it. Something like that. Don't so in it. the end, some poor bastard in a helicopter has to go up and. <laughs> so why am well, I? Why, why am we, I hovering here? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's yep. basically what happens. He yep. flies up, and then they shoot some missiles, and yep. and, and and yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when you know, Mitch doing his. His expository. Oh, I can see another aeroplane. And there's rockets chasing me. I'll have to make that other aeroplane hotter than me so that the rockets won't attack me and will turn around and attack it. Despite the the fact that the plane can travel at (laughs) 6,000 kilometres an hour, right? 6,000. There's nothing that can... The missiles can't fly that fast. The planes and helicopters can't fly. Yeah, I was wondering... wondering Just outrun everyone. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking, just put on the gas. Like, <laughs> at one point he does, he, he, and he does it in a confined chasm of snow and whatever. I think that's how he gets spotted. Like, I'm pretty sure he was told not to do it um, because he could get picked up on heat radar or something. And that's how they finally found him um, to tell the, the missile boat to be on the lookout mm. because that was the last known trajectory. So that's Plan C. Yes. So that's plan C. Is they happen to have a missile cruiser or a missile frigate that just happens to be in the right place, and he's yep. heading north, and he's going to fly right over the top of it. Yeah. Oh, they surely have lots of missile cruisers, and they just pick the one that's near. <laughs> yeah, that's probably actually what happened. So he's out over the water, and we see the uh, the first shots of him flying at twenty feet. <laughs> yeah, at, at, Mark, at 7, Mark seventeen. <laughs> Ripping, <laughs> ripping trees out of their foundation, <laughs> yeah. like a forty-foot-high jewel waterfall, coming, you know, <laughs> yeah, vertical yeah, waterfall yeah. coming out of the ocean. Yeah. Which I remember as a kid watching mm. it. it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. We might yeah. need to stop off and just talk about the special effects for the plane, mm. the special effects yeah. for the Firefox. They were yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they developed a brand new green, uh, blue screen technique. Yeah, reverse. Was reverse blue screen? Yeah, where they yeah. where they spray painted the plane with some sort of neon reflective yeah. stuff to shoot it on a black background, so mm. they to get the mats okay, working. Right, yep. right. Which I don't understand. Doesn't that mean that they have to because there's motion control, right? They have the, the actual plane that they film, and they have to repeat the exact move again, mm. but a sprayed version. Mm. Doesn't that mean that they have to build a new model every time because you can't just keep spraying and painting and spraying and painting. When you want to do the one shot, you have to have both versions of the plane. I know that the mats weren't bad. Like, yeah, no, they, they were good. For that time, good. they weren't too bad. But I also know that we didn't stick with that technique for very long. Oh, they mm-hmm. must have two very highly identical planes and yeah. a, a way to exactly mount one exactly like the other. The reason was the reflective nature of, yes. like, Clint Eastwood wanted a very reflective plane, a black reflective plane. You put that in a blue screen stage and it's a blue reflective mm-hmm. plane. Mm-hmm. The, the, and you can't mat the fucking The vast thing. majority of the budget went to what's Special effects. Mm. Well, it's a twenty-one million dollar film, and I think twenty million one million went to. Doug Trumbull effects. was the was supposed to do the film. He was supposed to be the lead visual effects guy for the John film. John Dykstra. Well, Trundle Trumbull um, left the film. He walked off oh. and went and did Blade Runner. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which you can understand that yeah. might have been a better gig. Right? And like overnight, the film got handed to a totally different studio. Yeah. I think next door to where the <clears throat> film was being done a week earlier or mm, something. Mm. I'm confused. Explain to me this blue matting business. If you don't well, mind. blue screen normally we we put a blue screen behind an actor or, or or a feature, and in post we can isolate the blue and and treat it as a mask. 
Um, we we use green screen more yeah. nowadays, yeah. mainly with computers. We can do it, but in the olden days, you had to do it with with exposure of oh, the, so of the, the blue film. screen's just like a, gr- a green screen. Yeah, well, yeah, same well, thing. Film film color is is mm. made up of all the different colors. Mm. Three three pigments: yeah. red, green, blue. Yeah, blue was the the least amount of um, color likely to be found in actors. Um, so they would use blue, and they would be able to isolate that blue channel and extrapolate a mat. And then yep, they would yep. use that mat to cut everything else out. But in order to extrapolate the mat of the old techniques, you had to really overexpose and mm. uh, you had to have really high contrast to get the, the plane essentially to be white. And so uh, a lot of the blue screens in older films, you will see sort of a, a dark fringe mm. around mm. around yep. the, the models because you can't get it. And it has to be perf- pixel perfect, you know? Yeah. Mm. And so you could only do that there once you had a lot motion, of people that could do motion well. control arms where you could robotically repeat the same move. Mm. So you have to have the, the, the plane fly and film the plane and then you have to have another version of the plane which has the different paint on it fly exactly the same move now it's difficult enough to have the same model fly multiple times but then mm. switching different models in between yep. it's, it's, it's tricky but I think they did it on Star Wars as well because they had different versions of the Millennium Falcon they had mm. ones that had the lights on and then they had ones that were yep. proper painted ones <laughs> so they must uh, yeah they must have already been well, very Star good Wars, at, at being accurate. Star Wars was lucky they a lot of their um, a lot of the ships have really gr- light grey mm. um, and in a against the blue you don't you only you don't have to go too deep in the blue to actually get a fairly contrasting matte off it. The original colour for like um, TIE Fighters and things was blue. And they had to change that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah the original but you don't need concept. to use blue screen. You can use red screen or yeah, green screen as yeah, well. True, true, yeah. but yeah. But I think they had to change it from blue yeah. for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so there's a missile frigate in his way. Yep. I don't know, he just kind of flies past really fast and they fire rockets and it doesn't work. Yep. Okay. Um, and then he fly past it so fast that a helicopter that was about to take off yeah, crashed? Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like he that. He shoots one down and then the other one, he, he just crashes by flying right. past it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so anyway, we're done with that. That mm-hmm. wasn't very successful. Then he has to get his fuel. Mm-hmm. So he's got to land on an iceberg. And we get a, we get a, mini, we get a mini ticking Self. clock. Moment where the calculator on the navigate the the homing device, which was built into his transistor radio that he brought all the way from America, told him that he he had to the the refueling position was forty miles away, mm-hmm. but the fuel tank was telling him he only had twenty miles of fuel left, mm-hmm. and I think it ran out, didn't he? Didn't yeah, he glides. Didn't he glide? He, in? he glides. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he glided. I don't in. know if you can glide with a plane that <laughs> no, has okay. such short. No, wings. they become a brick. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you have Mark 6, you can. <laughs> just a matter of being fast enough. Yeah, just slowing down so over just a long period of time. Just when he thinks he's going to have to ditch <clears throat> in the in the ocean. Ba-da-da-ba-ba-ba. A submarine pops up out of the ocean. Pops up out of the ocean. And I think in the trivia I read, they used footage from, oh, what's the famous um, Ice Station Zebra? Ice Station mm. Zebra. Where the, where the ah. sub breaks through mm-hmm. the ice. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same footage. Ah, yeah, right. yeah, I read Excellent. that too. I love that film. That's a good one to review. Okay, so cut a long story short there is he lands the plane on the ice. Mm-hmm. They stick a bunch of fuel in there. Yep. And he takes off and flies away. Yep. And meanwhile, everybody on the – then the Russians turn up one second later and they all sort of stand – or all the Americans stand around and just – And we see John Ratzenberger. That's Here right. We? Yes. yes. Where was he? As, as, as a little henchman yeah. on the submarine. He's oh, I didn't see that. He pops, <laughs> he pops up everywhere, that guy. Like, I swear. He's, he's, a, he's a rebel in um, – Hoth? Empire Strikes Empire Back, Strikes Back yeah. on Hoth. Um, he's in every Pixar movie. Yep. 
every single Pixar movie there is a character play. He's always the deep, deep, deep talking oh, guy. He's the yeah. pig in yep. in Toy Story. He's yep, yep, yep. He's, yep. he's, he's from school in I Finding think he's Nemo. Truck in Cars. Yep. What's yep. the second? Semi? Yeah, he's in, he's Look in every like. Pixar movie. He's yeah. in every uh, Pixar mustache. Movie. Have you ever seen Cheers? <laughs> he's the, the guy from Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, the yeah, mailman. The, Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cliff. Yeah. Cliffy Clavin. Oh, Cliff. Yeah. I'll have to. Yeah, I didn't notice him on the thing. Yes. That's interesting. He's the guy in this that has to steam the runway. Ah. Right. Got, and got what is this thing of the runway to, thing? To steam. To, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> he's got 90 seconds to steam a kilometre of runway. <laughs> yeah, with a... Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible. We will make it happen. <laughs> I think America, America. <laughs> that whole sequence on the ice there, I thought was pretty cool. Like in this um, espionage dramatic sort of film, there's a lot of banter. There's a lot of innocent banter going on. I think the first thing he says is uh, check the windshield, check the oil, and do, yeah, yeah, the windshield for me, will you? And the other, I think the sub captain says, you, you know how to make trouble for me. Yeah, yeah. As if they yeah. knew each other and we knew that yeah. they didn't know each other. And I thought that whole section was mm. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It was like uh, he's playing leapfrog from dangerous scenario yeah, to dangerous yeah. scenario. And this is the first time we see him sort of a little closer to home. Yeah. So he takes off. Yep. And he's flying through the, the sky. And there's a bit of a there's a bit of a quotable line he says here. He says all right, I've got all my fuel. Everything's a okay. What does he say? He says, um, "Heading home now." It's sixteen thousand miles to New York, and I'm wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, one of those type of lines. But he says, "You know, put a couple of beers on the cold ones, or something <laughs> or other. Smoke me a couple. Put a smoke me a couple of beers on the cold ones. I'll be back for breakfast." And just as he does that, yeah. the other uh, the helicopter comes first. Because they have well, to, they, because the they have to all put up the tent oh, yeah, and yeah, pretend yeah. like they're signing. Smile yeah, and wave, Smile and wave. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Operation Completely Innocent. Operation Weather Station or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. This has got weather balloons blowing in the breeze, but I love that whole smile and wave, yep. boy. It reminded me of the penguins from uh, Madagascar. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. Well, we get, we, we get the badge... Bad, bad guy music. We, we, just when we think he's ready to fly off into the yeah, distance, that's right. and it's this scene where, for some reason, he's framed in the shot. Really weird. <laughs> yeah, off to one side. Off to the side. <laughs> he's framed. It's a weird chase plane back here, and then we hear this dramatic music as the the yeah. second Mig yeah, flies yeah. into the shot, which found him just by pure eyesight. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Just happened to see him, even though he wasn't going Mark Six. He was still probably doing yeah. thousand k's an hour. Those pilots have good eyes. They. They have the best eyes in the yep. business. Yep. So there's going to be a fight to the death. Yep. And here we have to have a few story beats. So the Rusky shoots a few rockets. Yep. Uh, Grant does a bit of dodging. Yep. A bit of flaring. Yep. A bit of flaring. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of Dacker with some machine guns. Up until now, Grant has remembered the critical <laughs> weapons um, <laughs> system <laughs> rule, which is... Let me tell you from a from a uh, not not English speaker, <laughs> from somebody who speaks Russian. multiple languages. <laughs> you must and think relatively, Russian. I mean, I, I speak English relatively effortless, but you don't think no. in any language. No. <laughs> and the whole point of the airplane is 
to not start putting thoughts into phrases and words because you want to be fast. <laughs> yeah. Why would they not just... So why do you have to think of vocabulary? <laughs> why would it not just be voice control or, instead yes. of spending all that money on brain control? <laughs> it makes no sense <laughs> if you've got to, for anyone. If you've got to say it anyway, yeah. you might as well just make it voice control. Or they could have eyebrow control where you just lift one eyebrow and a rocket goes off. <laughs> wink Russian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wink in Russian. <laughs> You're just like... Wink. And then, <laughs> no, it was too English. It was too English. <laughs> so anyway, there's dogfight going on and they're flying and they're dodging and they're weaving well, and the well, missile's Clint, going off. Clint forgets. That's if, right, he forgets. He forgets to think in he Russian. Says, he says, the fire rockets. the missiles. Fire the damn missiles. He also oh, forgets yeah. to... He has bloody rear shooting rockets, which he doesn't <laughs> remember for the first 10 minutes of the dogfight. And yeah. then the end he goes... Oh, yeah, I've got those. Yeah. Oh, I've got a win button. Oh, yeah. Win. <laughs> we, get, we also see that we, we get the dramatic flat spin, which is uh, always in these uh, fighter yeah. fighter pilot uh, type yeah, movies. Stall. You've got to have the stall flat spin where he pulls out at the last it second. Goes, goes. And That's right. You've got to have the flat spin face. <laughs> yep, and for some reason he puts his landing gear down and they yeah. don't explain why. That's right. To, to slow him down. Yeah. I, do, I took that. That's what I thought it you was You do that. If, well. if you play enough uh, flight simulators. <laughs> you, you would know that. <laughs> and, and, pl- and I have. Thank you very much. Even, even <laughs> in Elite Dangerous, if you put your landing gear down, you slow down a whole lot. Right. Okay. I can see whether the story it, logic there. Whether it stops a flat spin or not, I don't yeah. know. And I'm not sure how that makes you win a... F- a firefight with a meek. But anyway, he puts his thingo down. And we get the uh, rivalry moment of um, respect. Yeah, they get a bit of respect. Where he, he survives the flat spin, he comes up to altitude, and the bad guy comes up oh, beside yes. him. Yes. And they look at each other. And they give each other a little one of those salutes. A little salute. Yeah. And then he drops back into the tailing position, and then Clint blows him out of the sky <laughs> with the rear facing <laughs> rocket. With a putt rocket. <laughs> Which he had all the time. <laughs> He goes, ha ha. <laughs> and, uh, and he's dead. What yeah. I miss was that the airplane wasn't talking. This is the days of Knight Rider. It's mm. thought controlled. Why doesn't mm. have a sexy yeah. female voice that yeah. talks to him? That would have been a very smart Natasha. Ha <laughs> 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 yes. Natasha, that would have been awesome. It would have been Natasha or Natalia. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What is there else to say about the, the fight? That's it. That's, that's What else is there oh, to no, say no, there about is the one film? More thing. Because there is one more thing. The ending? That's the Star Wars Yoda moment. When you hang Which up. we haven't highlighted enough. That's when he forgets to speak in Russian and he has Baron Blaskovanov come over the, the psychic airwaves saying, Think in Russian, Luke. <laughs> You've got to think in Russian, Luke. Yeah. Think Russian. And it's just like, yeah. That's a, the, what are you doing? That's a total Star Wars blatant, obvious, yep. dead, simple mm. rip-off. I yep. don't know why you'd do that. Well, it was a... It was an, an or I took it as an audible flashback to It was, um, yes. He was given those instructions by the before he But still doesn't playing. explain why they have to be there in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's right. Considering he's always talking to himself. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't even give him his own <laughs> flashback and <laughs> says oh, oh yeah, I think I have to think yeah. in Russian now. <laughs> Damn it, don't I have to think in Russian? He'd already launched fourteen missiles, some flares and <laughs> like guns and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden when he's in the dogfight he forgets to do it. Yeah. So he kills the bad guy. And we roll the credits. And roll the credits. Yep, that's it. And roll the credits with the heroic music. They played the heroic music too well. It's the same stuff that they played at the end there, which was more fitting, but still something weird about it. Yeah. It didn't sort of fit the film. No. 
And did that plane remind you of the stealth bomber or what? A little bit. It did? A lot. Yeah, yeah. There is apparently a, a Russian plane that looks a lot like that plane. Um, it's a MiG X something something. Um, it well. looks remarkably like this plane from that period. Well, maybe we should talk, move into a little historical excursion. Sure. Because well, the finished, so we do the movies, we're, we're done. That's, That's it. it. We're finished. Yep. Um, um, so, yes, the historical little excursion that I've got for you guys is that this story is based off, not based off, but. It's a book. No, it's a real story of a, of a, of a defector. Uh, defector who defected over to Japan. Victor Belenko. There you go. This was just uh, about yeah. to say. And yeah. Victor, old Victor, is flying a MiG um, 31. No, a MiG 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a MiG 25. Yep. Now, the Russians are inventing all of these cool planes. MiG 25, MiG 26, MiG 31. And guess what? The MiG 25 is called a fox bat. <laughs> Uh-huh. And the one that comes after it's called a fox hound. Oh, really? And I don't know. The other ones are probably called fox penguin and fox this and fox that. So they're all actually called fox thingo. So calling this one the Firefox is authentic. There she is, MiG twenty five. That's a, we're looking at a picture of MiG twenty five, which is a tu- a dual tail fin. Um, it doesn't really resemble the. It's um, got Russian writing on it, and if you didn't have big red star. Latin num- uh, uh, Arabian numbers, you wouldn't see that the picture is mirrored. Yes. Um, and so we're talking like 1960s, late 1960s technology. And the, the Americans find out about this MiG-25 and they're like, holy shit, what is this thing? Turns out that this is kind of a bit like the Firefox. It's friggin' awesome, mm-hmm. right? This thing, this thing still holds world records. Oh, really? For speed. Wow. And for height and for accelerating up to almost space. That's pretty impressive. It can kind of get halfway to space in two minutes or something like that. I was reading on Wikipedia. Right? Mm-hmm. On Wikipedia, one of, the, one of the, the, the space shots that they do is they blast this thing up to space and, um, and, the, and it, the engines flame out because there's not enough oxygen. But the thing just keeps going up. And they said, you know, at the top of the parabola, they're going at 75 miles an hour. So they're going from Mark three yeah. up to 75. He's weightless. There yeah, must be yeah, a moment yeah. where, the, where the pilot is weightless. And then it drops back down again and he turns the rockets on and, and lands. So this thing's um, blisteringly fast and it's, um, yeah, it's an intercept fighter. Um, another interesting thing about it, it's got vacuum tubes in it, which was a conscious choice by the Russians because Russians like to build things that don't break. In Russia, vacuum tubes don't break. And they can't get taken out by EMP shocks from yeah. nuclear bombs. You mean old school, like radio vacuum tubes? Vacuum yeah. tubes are what's yeah. inside running the thing. Wow. Anyway, um, so old Do Victor. They still, they're, not, they're not being used anymore. These are, no, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. But they still hung around till 1980, late mm. 80s. Mm. Um, and I think, according to Wikipedia, they still hold world records for speed. Mm. The thing can go faster than its engines can handle. It can go so fast it breaks its engines. You know, oh, wow. They're capped out. Mark 3.2 is the top it can do. But when it lands, you have to throw away the engines. <laughs> it breaks the engines. <laughs> I like that. Like that, that's, Isn't that similar to Hunt for Red October, that there was a similar scenario that happened yeah, with submarines? Yeah. That- no, it wasn't a submarine. That one was a cruiser, was a it? missile cruiser. Okay. Basically, and the story is different with that guy. What he was trying to do, he was trying to 
um, start a new Russian revolution. Mm-hmm. So he's got the shits with the Russian government, but rather than defecting, he was going to, you know, go up to Moscow and then shout on the loudspeaker and say, "Okay, everybody, let's have another revolution. Who's with me?" <laughs> and the answer was no one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, That's, so that reminds me of the scene from Life of Brian as well, where they're sitting in the amphitheater there. They're <laughs> all trying to st- start their own revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The people's front of the Judea, not the fucking Ju- Judean people's front. We should, we should fight for your right to do it, not yeah. not that you want to do it. Hey, so yeah. Victor Belalenko, Belenko, um, one day decides he wants to, I don't know, go to America and listen to rock and roll or something or other. Mm-hmm. So in his brand new MIG... 25, they all go on a training flight, and he says, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll only be a moment. (laughs) And he turns and he blasts down on the, on the, like, 20 metres off the ground, and he doesn't have much fuel, Mm. because it's, it's, uh, and he flies to Japan, Mm. and he lands at a commercial airport with 30 seconds worth of fuel left. Wow. Well planned. Um, The runway's too short, and he runs off the end of the runway. Uh, he jumps out of his plane and all these people start crowding around and taking photographs. So for some reason, this might not be the smartest move, he pulls out his gun and shoots in the air and then he gets arrested by the police. And they charge him with unlawful discharge of a firearm. That's one of the charges he gets slapped on him. Steps out of a weapon of war. <laughs> yeah, and says, I don't know, all these people taking photos. So he decides to shoot in the air to scare them off or something. I don't know what he was thinking. It's the Russian way. Yes, it's a Russian way. It's a bridge. Russia yeah. and Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's how we do it. And then what happened, I'll continue the story, <clears throat> is the Russians said, called up and said, <clears throat> uh, that pilot dude, can can we just, uh, can you have a, can you have a chat with him? And is, can it you the, s- is it the pr- first prim- premiere that, that calls? Yes. He it, says, it, can you bring, <laughs> Yes, th- th- this kind of is what happened. They, they wonder if they could have a meeting with him and if they could send him back. <laughs> And then the the, Jap- the Japanese sort of say, well, you know, well, why do you want him back? And, you know, we, we think he's defecting. And then the Russians say, oh, no, 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 no. He's just got lost. He just got lost. His compass was wrong. Pretty sure his compass. Just send him back and we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will give him a nice holiday. Oh, and by the way, we want our plane back as well. If someone doesn't you turn that try. into a movie, there's something wrong. That's a great film, especially so, if you leave it comedy. So the um, the Japanese, they, they want the plane back. And um, it says again on the, the Wikipedia and the other articles I read that the, the Russians then send Japan a bill for $40 million. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And then the J- Japanese, in return, send the Russians a bill for $40,000 or something like that because the, their jet broke the runway on their airport or something or other. And it says in the, the article, we don't think anybody's paid either of the bills currently. <laughs> That's so, outstanding. But it's not really quite good. over because the Russians want their plane. They want our fucking plane back. No, and, I love it. Um, and so the Japanese kind of say, hello, hey, hey, Americans, look what we found. And the Americans come and have a look. And uh, they take the plane away for the about- Americans th- do? Yes. For three months in one of secret base. And then the Russians say, we want our plane back. And <laughs> the Americans give them their plane back 
in pieces. <laughs> and then the next complaint is the Russians. There's about 20 pieces missing. <laughs> <laughs> we want our pieces back. And the, Amer- and the Americans are like, whoa, well, I don't know. It's greasy. And, you know, they had a box. And, I don't know. <laughs> It's a movie. They've, someone's got to turn that into a movie. Well, it's, fun. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like it's it's a great example of. I think of, it's just been audio play that Dan yeah. t- that Dan records. Life is better than fiction in those subtitles. Can you imagine the Americans? Sorry, Mac, must have got lost in the post. Can you describe what they look like? I can see some screws. (laughs) If you could perhaps send us the blueprints, we we might be able to work out. Man, the Russians must have been pissed. Because someone has to make that call. Someone either has to send a teletext or they have to pick up a phone and they have to say, we're missing some parts of the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen them? (laughs) Thinking, what am I doing? Can you imagine the the communications officer when they get home? You won't believe what happened at work today. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> and, and you wouldn't believe it. Like if you put that in a movie and then at the end of it said this is this is all true, most people wouldn't believe that that was real. Mm. Especially the guy that crashes through the end of the runway in a stolen forty million dollar jet <laughs> and starts shooting into the air with surrounded by Japanese tourists taking, taking photos. fucking photos. Like you would not believe that that's a real what, thing. Well, what year did this happen in? Would have been in the fifties. Uh, no, no, no. We're sixties plus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixty-four, five, six, seven, something like that. Hilarious. I've, I've never even heard of that happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a thing, and that's kind of what the, as you can see, what the story is sort of based around. You can see some of those elements: the fuel <laughs> and the runway, even the runway landing. It almost runs off the iceberg in the thing. Looks like it was a eighteen million dollar budget. Yeah. Um, it had a cumulative worldwide gross of seventy million. There you go. Um, uh, domestic, so American domestic of forty six million. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, forty six million do- domestic, and for nineteen eighty two, it made some good money. Not a bad Se- little earner. Seventy odd million worldwide on mm. an eighteen million dollar budget, um, and I think every cent of eighteen million is on that screen. Mm. All right, so let's wrap up with what we think. Yeah. Um, Borrow, buy, burn. Tom? Burn it. It's boring. Oh, it's harsh. <laughs> I kind of like every film. <laughs> Rickers? Get your mate to borrow it. <sighs> low borrow. Yeah, low borrow. Low borrow. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Come on, have a spine, man. <laughs> borrow, borrow. <laughs> no, no, I think you We have a three-point system, not You've got to stop introducing decimal points to Don't listen to these guys, man. Go analog, man, if you need to. Fucking do it. We need a ten-point system. How many ducks? Four squirrels? I would say definitely four squirrels. <laughs> um, it's a borrow from me. All right, gentlemen. It's a borrow from me. That's it. Um, so uh, catch us on the socials, Dan. Um, YouTube, but nobody catches us on YouTube. So catch us on Stitcher. 
definitely Stitcher and um, our podcast is really where we spend our time and effort. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to make our voices sound pristine and radio-like, which we don't do with our vision because mm. you can't polish these turds. <laughs> we, we sound a lot sexier than what we look. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah when you take the Wait vision away, the it's, it's a, <laughs> Wait it's till a that very show. good – it's a, the best-looking show you'll find <laughs> yeah. on Stitcher and, uh, and iTunes. Um, okay, so that's it uh, until next time. It's uh, bye for me. Think in the Russian. Nothing done, yeah. What is your